Welcome back. We have who might be furloughed in the event of a federal government shutdown. Alabama correctional officers in hot water, a good Samaritan who couldn't just drive on past a scrap, and the latest in our 12 days of Alabama Christmas. I'm Mike Morgan and we're down in Alabama. So in Washington, they're staring down this potential federal government shutdown, at least as of this recording, and AL.com's Lita Gore has reported on how this shutdown would impact the 53,000 or so federal workers in Alabama. About half of those work for the Army, Air Force, or Department of Defense, all of which are covered under funding agreements. Same thing with the 6,300 or so VA workers. Mail will still run, which is good if you waited too late to send out Christmas cards again. Air traffic, Social Security benefits, Medicare, food stamps, and other welfare programs will be uninterrupted. The biggest impact in Alabama might be at Marshall Space Flight Center in Huntsville. NASA's plans are to furlough 95% of its employees, which means thousands there at Marshall. A spokesperson told WHNT that NASA keeps on enough people to keep current operations going, such as supporting the space station and satellites, and that also means they'd keep open the payload operations integration center at Marshall. Three Alabama correctional officers have been arrested and accused of ethics law violations. Two work at the Venturist Correctional Facility in Clayton, and the other one was a trainee at Donaldson and Bessemer. They're all being accused of either selling contraband to inmates or soliciting to sell contraband to inmates. Department of Corrections Commissioner Jeff Dunn said that for the last few years, the department has kept its investigations division fully staffed in order to try to stamp out such corruption. AL.com's Carol Robinson also reported on a story involving Ken McFarland of Hoover, Alabama who recently jumped into a fight between a Tennessee state trooper and a suspected rapist. At a ceremony last week, he was given a plaque by the Tennessee Department of Safety and Homeland Security. Now, according to the Highway Patrol, on November 25th, two troopers pulled over speeding vehicle. One of the troopers left to answer another call, and the other one figured out that a 17-year-old passenger in the vehicle was wanted on a rape charge. McFarlane and his wife, Sherry, were driving back to Alabama from Pigeon Forge when they saw the trooper fighting with that suspect, and being from Alabama, he stopped to help. McFarlane said he was able to grab one of the suspect's arms, and that allowed the trooper to push the suspect's head into the mud. That didn't make him give up, though. However, the trooper was able to push his emergency button on his radio, and a second trooper arrived, and they were finally able to end the fight and make the arrest. And the UAB football team finished a heck of a year last night. The Blazers, just four years after their program was shockingly shut down, finished their first 10-win season, won their first Conference USA title, and last night captured their first bowl victory. UAB defeated Northern Illinois 37-13 in the Boca Raton Bowl. That banjo means that Matt Mitchell of It's a Southern Thing is back with us for another segment of our 12 Days of Alabama Christmas, the way that we're reviewing the year in Alabama news. To recap our first eight days on this podcast, we've had no more colonoscopies, a crushed participation trophy, Highlands Bar and Grill, Sessions Trump, Mullet Toss, Trash Pandas, Poop Train, Lottery Money, and the return of the Go to Church or the Devil Will Get You sign. Now it's time for our 10th day of Alabama Christmas. Matt, what do we have for day 10? On the 10th day of Christmas, Alabama gave to the world Kay Ivy, or more specifically, her accent. 
um, which, if you have not heard it before, is uh, a pretty thick southern accent. The best way to describe it is if what I imagine people from, you know, way up north that have never stepped foot in the south or heard a southerner really talk, this is what they imagine we sound like. <laughs> She's just, yeah. It's... I would even I would try to do an accent uh, or an impression of it, but it would it would be offensive. And I'm from Alabama. That's the, that's the bad thing is I have an accent, but it's not even that strong. She's the only governor in the country that probably sounds a lot like your meemaw. My meemaw didn't even sound like that. Um, and these campaign ads that she did did not help. Don't give me a mountain oyster and tell me it's seafood. It's not helping things. I think it is helping things. I'm, I'm not going down on the other side of that. Bring it. I, Bring it, guys. I thought she was doing a comedy routine for a while. <laughs> I thought she was asking to be elected to the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. And I wasn't sure what I was voting for at one point. Um, but she had that. And then at the end, she's introducing her dog, um, which we don't want to speak ill of the dead. I know that the dog passed away. But, um, but I believe the dog's name is Bear, but it sounded like Baya. After God, country, and family... There are two things I love, the state of Alabama and my dog, Bear. So I'm not even sure. I'll just have to check out the tombstone, I guess. (laughs) It depends on what your accent's like in Alabama, what part of the state you're from. Half the people are like, man, that's not how I talk, and the other half are putting their hands over their hearts. Her and Jeff Sessions must have been the only two growing up in that neighborhood (laughs) to have those accents. I don't know. I've never been to it. The the President Trump has not uh, criticized Kay Ivey's accent on Twitter. That's the difference between those two. Just wait. <laughs> time. Eventually Trump's going to tweet about that. He's tweeted about everything else, so it's coming. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow and do it again. Until then, y'all come see us anytime you want to on the internet at AL.com. Mm-hmm.